Hello, and welcome to Vital Compass. I'm Cris Ferraz Prade, and today's theme is belonging. Have you ever seen a newborn baby dressed in a parent's team outfit? Did you, as a newborn, wear your parent's team shirt? In Brazil, some families are very much into football, or soccer as they call it in the U.S. In the maternity awards, the mothers can hang a baby's nursery decoration by the door, something cute that has the name of the baby on it. And sometimes you can see a tiny shirt from a football team with the baby's name on the back. He was born yesterday, but he's already supporting his team. Not that he really knows that. <laughs> Human beings need to create mechanisms of belonging. It's the surname, the team, the nation, religion. And we also identify ourselves by our way of walking, speaking, dressing. When we see someone that's just like us, we feel at ease. We go like, oh, this one, <laughs> just like me. And that sense of familiarity already allows for easier and more fluid communication. And when we see someone different, admiration or curiosity can arise, but also resistance or contempt, depending on our characteristics and the attributes that we immediately identify in the other that's a stranger to us. Do you know the story of the ugly duckling? A children's story is very well known and the central theme is the question of belonging. But before remembering this children's tale with you, I would like to ask a question for reflection. What are your references for belonging? They can be more or less socially identifiable as the ones I mentioned in the beginning, such as team, nationality, and things like that. But they can also be based on the way you are, your values. Um... Brené Brown, you may have heard of her. She did a, ta a TED Talk a while ago that went viral, and a while ago, years ago, and went viral. Um, and after that, she wrote several books on shame, vulnerability, and belonging. She's an American social worker, and she does a lot of research. And um, she used to work with teenagers in schools and In uh, an interview that she gave, she mentioned that um, she, was, she was with a group in school and they were talking about the difference between belonging and fitting in. And one of them gave a wonderful answer. He said, belonging is when others want you in the group. Fitting in is when you strive to be part of the group and be accepted. There are moments in life when we find ourselves in a situation surrounded by people who have nothing to do with us. Then we can choose to fit in, but understand that it's a protective strategy and that this is not a group we belong to. Fitting in can be done for a while, but it's very difficult when this strategy has to be used all the time. It gets complicated because we end up losing contact with ourselves. Um, there's a, a, a Portuguese poet, um, Fernando Pessoa. He said, when I went to take off the mask, it was stuck to my face. 
Throughout life, for us to find belonging, we need to know who we are. In the story of the ugly duckling, there comes a spoiler. The little swan was hatched by a duck by mistake and was not accepted as an equal either by his mother duck or his uh, brothers, which made him leave that group. The lack of acceptance of who he was pushed him out of the group of ducklings all the same. And then the swan's journey began. Abandonment and loneliness marked the middle of the story, and only when he saw an equal in the lake did he recognize himself and gain recognition from the other swans. He found a group where he belonged. Acceptance in the world, the world we share with others, undoubtedly contributes to acceptance in our inner world. This old children's tale speaks of a fundamental existential need to be accepted, to belong. And remember that I have spoken before in other episodes about how important it is to pay attention to the outside world and the inside world. So just as being accepted in the outside world contributes to our acceptance from the inside, when we accept ourselves internally and nurture a compassionate look towards ourselves, we contribute to the process of being accepted in the outer world as well, the world we share with others. When we move to another country, there's an urgent need to find ourselves in this new place and feel belonging. Marilou is a sister friend, Maria de la Luz Calife. Our friendship started at New York University in the autumn of 1997. This is one of those friendships that we make in adulthood and that we recognize as a sisterly bond that crosses every distance and remains throughout time. She currently lives in Quito, Ecuador, but she's originally from Venezuela. I asked her to share with us a little bit about her immigration and belonging process. I am from Caracas, Venezuela, and I have been living for seven years now in Quito, Ecuador. In my experience as an immigrant here, I have learned uh, in my daily life that something that it could seem very obvious or simple, but that makes a big difference. And is that one thing is to go to a place for vacations, uh, just to visit. And another very different thing is to go to live in that place. And I'm saying this because I was born and, and raised in Venezuela, but my father was Equatorian and he used to live here. Therefore, I, I grew up coming for vacations each time I could to visit my father and my brothers. However, when I came to live here seven years ago, it was for me as if I had had to know a whole different place, a whole different country, uh, with different costumes, with different uh, ways to, to speak, and different food, um, etc. And it's interesting because I, I thought I knew Ecuador. I really thought I knew it. Um, but the truth was that when I came to, to live here, it was for me as I had to discover a whole new world, really. 
there were things that were diffi very difficult to me to understand and to integrate in me. And there were other things that were so easy to, to, to get used to. And, um, and, and I discovered new things, uh, wonderful things, and a beauty and a richness uh, in the people and the costumes of, of the people here um, that were incredible, that are so nice, so beautiful. Um, things that I have never known before, even though I came to Ecuador so many times for vacations when I was growing up. Years ago, I had the experience of living in the United States during almost eight years, and now I have been living in Ecuador for seven years. If I compare uh, that first experience of living abroad with this one, I can find some uh, similar elements in me. In both occasions, when I moved to another country, I felt so unprotected, uh, and I used to miss so much the world that I used to know before. Um, and because of that, uh, the, the new place, the new country, it was... Uh, somehow hostile for me. Um, but then after three or four months, uh, I started to open up my heart and I started to open uh, up the way I look at things and I looked at people and started uh, little by little to appreciate the new place where I I live now. There were two things that helped me to feel um, a sense of belonging to this new place where I live now. And the first one it was um, to have a, a more a more intense understanding or or maybe a deeper way to look at things and to perceive things and to to receive things. In this new place, so for example, to look in a more in a in a deeper way at, at people, or to perceive in a deeper way the taste of the food, or the flavors, or the colors in everything. So then I was able to realize how much heart and how much humanity there is in the people. Um, from this place, uh, from this new place that is my new home. And then um, that helped me to feel as one of them and, uh, and another person from this place where I live now that gave me a sense of belonging. The other thing that helped me to, to feel a sense of belonging to this new place and it was to collaborate, to cooperate with other people uh, building something. So, um, for example, I started to work on Saturdays as a volunteer in a community garden uh, close to my home. And um, it was beautiful because in that way I started to make new friends and, uh, and I started to, to relate to people from here um, based on, on what we were building together. 
So to give, again, one more time, always give uh, is, a, is a wonderful um, give to, to your community, give to others, give wherever you are. It's a wonderful <laughs> way to receive when you give, uh, you know, with, with your heart just for the sake of doing it, uh, just for the, the happiness that, that you feel when you do it. Uh, then you receive, right? And so, yeah, that was the other thing that um, that helped me to to feel that I belong. To. I love the way Marilu talks about collaborating, giving something to the community in the process of creating a sense of belonging. And on top of that, she really enjoys being in nature. So to meet others that share the same feeling is already a beginning that helps in the process of creating new relationships. A curious and in-depth look allows us to meet our shared humanity. From my experience, the hardest thing to move from one country to another or from one city to another is that when you do it, you lose the human network of affections that you have built throughout the years um, living in a place. And uh, when I'm talking about the affections, I'm not just talking about your close family or the friends that you have had all your life, but also I'm talking about, for example, um, you know, the bakery and the baker Uh, close to your home that maybe have seen you grow up in that neighborhood, you know, or maybe um, also I'm talking about your dentist, that maybe you have had the dentist for many years, and I'm talking about the plumber that helps you fix things at home when you have something broken. Mm, so... Um, all of them, um, for example, in my case, with all of them, I have had I had a close relationship and a, and uh, and, a, and a friendship. And uh, when when I moved, then I felt that I I lose that network of uh, wonderful people that used to uh, help me to make my life uh, better and. Um, and more beautiful. Um, yeah, and um, in my case, yes, that's what I, what I used to miss the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I missed the most. The security of a network of people who accompanied you through life, having references, not only from friends, but from the community. I really miss going to the street fair in Brazil, for example. Going to the fair was one of the experiences I loved the most. I, I took it from my father. He loves the street fair. I miss talking to the storeholders, tasting delicious fruits, eating pastel with coconut water, and talking especially with Uncle Paulo. We used to call him that, Uncle Paulo. He was a gentleman who used to sell us bananas, one of the most generous people I have ever met. We would eat banana prata, a specific type of banana, and chat as we waited for the pastel to fry. 
I understand exactly what Marilou is saying when she talks about a lack of references when you move to a new place. Belonging to a family, a country, a job, a social network. We need other people so we can find ourselves in the world. We need the look of those who are accompanying us to better understand who we are and also to become who we want to be. Disapproving looks generate discomfort, shame, suffering, whereas looks of acceptance help us to better develop our potentials. But when we move to another country, we also run the risk of not receiving any glances, of being invisible, because there's no one looking for us in the crowd. There's no one to shout our name in the middle of the fair on a Sunday morning. The lack of human contact contributes to a more depressed mood. And Marilou has a great story about how she managed to overcome a time of great sadness when she was living in Ohio in the U.S. One of the things that had helped me the most being an immigrant has been to allow my creativity to break free. I would like to share with you an anecdote about it from when I lived in Bowling Green, Ohio, in the United States. After three months in the United States, I got a very severe depression. I used to cry all the day long and nights as well. I did not know what was going on with me, neither I knew how to help me up. When I was crying already for about five days in a row or so, There was the celebration of Halloween in the United States, a date in which everybody, children and adults, wear costumes. Well, that day, while many neighbors were celebrating, I started for the first time asking myself what was going on with me, why I was so sad. And then, suddenly, I realized that what, what I was feeling was a profound lack of human touch from my loved ones. For example, I realized then that I had not received nor given a kiss or a hug in a long time, and I realized that I missed it so much. Then, when I realized all these feelings, I jumped out of bed and without thinking twice, I made myself a costume. This is how I created the Kiss Monster costume, with a huge coat and big sunglasses with a kiss lip on each lens, holding a lipstick in her hand and with her pockets full of Kisses chocolates. You know, in the States they have these little chocolates in the shape of a drop that are called Kisses. That's how I went out to tour the little town where I used to live. I went receiving and giving kisses and hugs to everyone and from everyone I found on my way. Everybody thought that my costume was very original and that my character was so cute and lovely. When I returned home that night, I was completely well and healed from the sadness. I had received and had given so many kisses and hugs that I was already perfectly well and happy. 
I find this story so incredible for several reasons. One of them is because Marilou paid attention to herself and in her self-compassion, she used her creativity to get what she needed from that community in the context of their culture, Halloween, then receiving kindness and attention. The other reason is that we understand and recognize how fundamental it is for human beings to receive affection. Marilou was probably heading for depression because she found herself lonely and without close relationships. Her creativity combined with the kindness of hugs, kisses and compliments in that Halloween adventure contributed to her growing self-belief and gave her more confidence to make new friends. When we move to another country, it's necessary to open space to dedicate ourselves to building uh, effective bonds, new friendships. It's not just looking for jobs, even though many times uh, finding a job and working is the main thing. Friendships can be born in the work routine because without affection, there comes a time when the person can no longer cope or life becomes meaningless. Just paying the bills doesn't make anyone happy. Many times the immigration process imposes cruel distances between people who love each other. Distancing brothers, mothers and their children, couples, friends. And this separation can generate great suffering and contribute to a situation of depression. Being recognized and loved for who you are is what we usually describe as priceless. This process is cultivated and conquered. It's never given or bought. And for a bond of affection to be born, it takes dedication and time. Um, being able to meet a community of your culture is something that helps a lot. To be surrounded by people who speak the same language um, it can uh, it, it can help the adaptation process, a way of moving between the known world and the new unknown world. And these meetings, the stories, and offers of help are exchanged. Whoever moved first gives the others precious tips. And when there's like typical food and music, oh, then it's heaven. On the website, I told you about the project uh, that my family and I created, a music project. It, it was called the Together. Um, if you want to know more about these stories, you can go to the website. In this city, we have the opportunity to witness different cultural encounters. And last month, I went to Holland Park, a beautiful park with a Japanese garden. There was a wedding happening. It was a celebration from another culture. I couldn't say what culture exactly, but there was a lot of music and dance. And some women uh, dressed in white with their heads covered. They reminded me of the Mães de Santum, the yellow orixás of Afro-Brazilian religions. The other women were in a circle and they were smiling at each other. It was there, anyone could see, and the smile and the look the experience of belonging. 
Celebrations are a way to mark belonging, and food is a wonderful way to understand more about different cultures and also to celebrate our own culture. Having curiosity and openness to taste different flavors, um, it's, it helps so much in the process of making new friends. It's often at the table that we make new friends. There, there's a, a restaurant close to where I live in Fulham that sells Lebanese food. The food is delicious, and the owners are two very nice Lebanese gentlemen. When we go there, it is not only a very tasty experience, but also very affectionate. And when they found out we liked sfiha, oh, they made delicious sfihas just for us. It was not in the menu. Esfija is a very common food in Sao Paulo, where I came from, and uh, Esfija came to us thanks to Lebanese immigrants who went to Brazil a long time ago. So there we were, Lebanese and Brazilians, sharing Esfija, humanity, and belonging. Before I say goodbye, I invite you to follow Vita Compass on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is just a click. And when you have some time, go check the website www.vitacompass.com. You can create a login and follow closely the posts on Explore and also the podcast episodes fresh from the oven. And if you enjoyed this episode, please make a review here. You can help others find the podcast and we can expand our circle of conversations. I'll see you next week. Take good care of yourself.